It's me, Blair W. Cohen, your host of the Pop Color Review. And look, I had a lot of issues with that, like, initial first Stray Kids episode. It was too long and the audio was messed up. And at the time, I didn't know how to fix it properly. And I had, like, an array of other issues with it. So I'm going to be re-recording it using my same script and cleaning it up and giving my boys the proper first episode on here that they deserve. Um, I don't know if my bonus episode will get the same treatment, um, but you never know. I know a lot of you listen to it. I really appreciate it. It is, (laughs) I don't want to say how many listens it has, but it is actually wild that more people listen to that than the original, um, just straight up episode. And I think I know why that happened. Again, I had a lot of issues with the first episode sound wise and just the length of it so we're gonna try to do this better okay so let's start and oh sorry if you can hear my humidifier i don't think it should pick up but i have been having a lot of um congestion issues (laughs) none of your business but i have so uh hopefully you can't hear it it's pretty quiet as far as i can tell but you never know with the mic so let's start stray kids are a south korean boy group consisting of eight members bang chan Lee No, Chongbin, Hyunjin, Han, Felix, Sungmin, and Ayan. They are fourth generation K-pop idols. If you're confused about what that means, BTS are third gen, a group like 21 are second gen. It just depends on the year they debuted and the year so they are active. Shrekas debuted in March 2018 and have gone on to do great things in K-pop for a bunch of 20-somethings, including pioneering the mala taste genre in k-pop there is a pre-debut rap production unit in this group consisting of bang chan chongbin and han so all of that is 100 on their own merit they write and produce their own music i personally had been hearing about stray kids for a very long time prior to me actually getting into them and in 2021 i allowed myself to fully deep dive into stray kids and into k-pop and it's been a very fun journey so far in the original recording of this i went through each member in such a long-winded way (laughs) i will not be doing that this time they are all very incredible artists and entertainers but i want to focus on their album no easy slash noisy stray kids has a reputation for making noise music a lot of their critics cite that it's just too loud too many sounds too much this or too much that is definitely something that set them apart from a lot of their peers for a very long time. And as of re-recording this, it's very interesting to see other groups start to take this approach or even be a bit inspired by the type of music that Stray Kids have done for years. I feel like it's a given in K-pop to see recycling of ideas and sounds, but it's nothing we don't see in the West as well. Um, I talk about this briefly in my Anatomy of a Pop Star episode where I mention how One sound becomes the foundation and everyone else either builds their own thing from that foundation or completely uses the same blueprint as the original foundation. And it's normal. It just becomes easy to see who lays foundation and who is simply a renovator, you know? So No Easy was released on August 23rd, 2021. 
hilariously i'm rewriting my script on the same day a year later this album to me cemented a lot of things we already knew about stray kids just based on their prior work they really march to the beat of their own drum with their music and are incredibly innovative in writing and production so early in their careers so it could only keep going up from here I'm going to move forward talking about this album in the same way I've spoken about other albums on this podcast, which is picking out some of my favorite and standout songs and talking about the title tracks in an effort to save some time and encourage you to listen to their music on your own if you have not, because I cannot play them on here. So let's start with Thunderous. Thunderous was the first title track of No Easy. It has this interesting opening where we hear an 808 and a bit of what sounds like synth it's reminiscent of superhero music in a way and we break immediately into Changbin's opening line so they call me the one shouting oh it's Changbin. i choose my own path with a tough attitude like a locomotive going recklessly down the track it's such a fun way to open a song after so much scrutiny of being critiqued on his loud and aggressive rap style. He even doubles back after Han's part and says, there's no way they can lower my ego. I stick to my principles. Though they had much success with God's Menu and Backdoor and their predecessors, this album felt like a reintroduction to Stray Kids, particularly to their fickle critics. This song is full of so much power and the use of traditional Korean instruments is not something new to K-pop acts, but incredibly notable in a song where eight idols are telling you exactly who they are and what they're about. They're not ashamed of their roots, their loudness is a part of them, culturally. Additionally to that, they throw in non-traditional and unconventional sounds like car horns, pretending to spit, chants laughter, and of course the actual thunder to express how much their impact is felt as musicians. And something else I've noticed that is really cool about the Korean language is how often onomatopoeias are used, and this song is a great example with the chorus. In the actual music video, we see Stray Kids acting as a type of anti-hero in a way throughout the entirety of this particular comeback from the teasers to some of the more rowdy visuals. We see them embrace chaos as their nature. We also hear them embrace more elements of this likeness to a storm or a hurricane. You won't experience it often, but the impact is always memorable. Um, I believe it was Chan that mentioned maybe in a V-Live or something, or maybe it was like in an actual interview. I'm going back on my old notes. He said, the theme of Thunderous came up. I thought the title Thunderous would be fun, so we looked it up on music platforms and found out that the concept hasn't been used at all before. It seemed perfect for Stray Kids, and I thought it was the title that only we could do. And I can't say that he was wrong. Next is Domino, a song that easily could have been the title track as well, in the sense that it's just as big and braggadocious as Thunderous. It follows the theme of Thunderous as a reminder that while still young to this industry, Stray Kids' impression has already been solidified. And just like I said earlier, many of their peers have embraced their charm and have fallen in line like kind of right behind them just like dominoes dominoes was an immediate fan favorite even with the short teaser clip from the original unveil of the album tracks truly it deserved its own full-scale music video but i think in a way this adds to the charm of a song like domino the way that we as fans want it even more thus proving the song's point and also kind of alluding to the connection to the pizza chain <laughs> which is also really funny um the song itself is a bit insane heavy bass its own hilarious dun 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 
And of course, the computer-generated scales we hear at the chorus. The choreography itself is truly a Stray Kids masterclass of its own. The formations, the transitions, the highlighting of certain members, and the pacing while they actually perform it. At this point, I have to assume everyone listening to this has seen the dance practice. If not, go to YouTube and look it up. Um, or maybe you've seen it live. But they do tend to look like they are moving in fast like and, and like it looks like they've been sped up or they like someone has pressed fast forward on them they do it so quickly while performing it is actually insane next up is the view which is a complete tone changer of the album it's more laid back it's smooth it's less thumpy it's almost abrupt how it shows up after a super braggadocious song like sick in my original recording i said the view feels like this amalgamation of being in this group where a lot of the lyrics have been dark and they've been trying to make it and then they're starting to move through their doubt and also other people's doubt about them as well and they're dealing with growing up at the same time and just an overall realistic outlook on life that isn't always so pleasant and then you're hit with the view this view that you maybe weren't anticipating, weren't expecting, but it's beautiful. You climbed and went through all these obstacles and here you are and you can see it for what it is and all that shit feels worth it, right? Chance said that the view had been written a couple years prior to its release in LA after seeing some of the beautiful landscapes in California. And I say maybe it's also a bit metaphorical for rookie K-pop groups to finally make it to LA. I'm not sure, but let's talk about the actual music. So we have more synth, some keyboard, a nice drop at the chorus. It's very simple. It's incredibly crisp though, okay? The focus is clearly more on the lyrics, so I'll get to that in a second, but I want to say it's wild that Han and Felix both slide <laughs> so easily on this beat as if it's one of their more hard-hitting songs. We see that utilization of speed that Han is known for and a softer approach to Felix's deeper rap vocals as well. Stray Kids will always work in some contrast sonically and it's always satisfying to the ear. Um, it's one of the things like, I know a lot of people feel however they feel about Stray Kids music, but there is nothing more satisfying than some of the contrast in Stray Kids music. So the most hard hitting we hear on this song comes at the bridge with Chongbin, but I actually love that more than anything we hear Benny singing a lot in the background of this track along with the vocalists of the group who do the chorus as well. So he's not only hitting hard with his rap, but he's also showcasing his vocals. Overall, there's not much to say about this song. It's well produced and it's about living in the moment after, you know, feeling pretty grim. Speaking of Chongbin, Let's talk. Sorry, I love you. I feel like it's so underrated. It's one of the most underrated Stray Kids tracks, in my opinion. During an interview from 2021, Chongman had mentioned that the use of slower songs on the album like this, uh, one expected to be very loud and big like the other albums, was meant to show a bit of diversity in the music that they make. So this song was written by him, and I feel like it's kind of glossed over often in favor of some of the other songs on the album um but i've noticed with their slower songs things are kept pretty simple 
another track with 808s, a bit of piano, some guitar, and of course some synth. Synth is all over this album and it's a great choice to be honest and it's used in so many ways. But what I really love about the song is stylistically the verses feel dark and a bit crowded. Not only are Chambin and Felix using their deeper voices, but we hear it from the other rappers too, Lee No, Hyunjin, and Han. But then the pre-chorus of Sigmund, Ayan, and Han opens up fully in contrast to that darkness. This happens because the synth and the 808s are pulled back and we're left with this open instrumental on the guitar and their voices. And the song itself continues to feel light after it too and it's like kind of like moving through a dark tunnel right and like you as the further you're in the closer you are to the light right I'm not sure if that's what he's going for but that's what that's the way I can visualize something that I'm hearing okay the first verse versus the second verse is again a great moment to point out the difference the tone of rap voice can play on the nature of the song where the first verse feels crowded and a bit dark, the second verse does not, and it's because everyone isn't using those super deep voices anymore. Instead, we have Han and Chumbin rapping fast, and even with Felix, Han does a bit of background to him, you know, on him to lighten it up. The song itself is about a type of unrequited love. You have feelings for a friend, you tell them, and now what? You feel a bit of resentment, hesitation, did you ruin the friendship or not? I find that this song, even during the release, wasn't really discussed nearly as much as it should have been. It was more kind of like joked about, um, I don't know. But I think it's something that Chongman should be proud of as a writer and a producer. It's relatable. Um, it's a relatable song that, while very sad, still holds that pocket of youthfulness that, you know, we love about Stray Kids. So silent cry during my first recording of the first Stray Kids episode when i spoke about silent cry i mentioned off-rip that i didn't feel qualified to speak about a song produced so well and to a fault i think it's very out of my range a bit because it's so like the production has so many working parts we can hear the Stray Kids signature of those unconventional random noises in the music in this track like rain and doors closing uh and that use of i'm assuming it's felix's voice in the beginning and towards the end the chorus feels like it's going up a scale and then it hits with one of the more prominent rap voices of the group and then we get a refrain with the vocal mem with a vocal member at the end I, i'm sorry and we get that during um both choruses and refrains um, in verse one, there's this notable like flute sound or some type of maybe wind instrument. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure if that's someone actually playing or if it's a computer, but it's prominent in the first part of the song. And then in the second verse, we get this more of like um, an electric keyboard type of sound that is a far more present. And on Chumman's part, you can hear some type of electric distortion over his voice as well. Then we get this insane bridge near the end where the instrumental sounds like it's malfunctioning, but it all comes back together at the end. It's hard to explain, but when I first heard it, the only song that like I could actually think of that had that same odd style of production is uh, Computer Love by Zap and Roger. Obviously, they're very different songs, but Silent Cry has that great 80s synth and futuristic R&B and pop sound. Like, you think it's experimental, but it actually has purpose to it. And I just love that. It is produced by 
Hung Ji Sang, and I believe he's one of JYP's producers, and I have no idea how old he is, but I love that this feels so all over the place, but it's really not. So I do wonder where he got his inspiration from for this particular track. That's why I mentioned his age, because I'm like, I'm curious if he was born in the 80s or if he was born in the 90s, and maybe, I don't know. I'm just very curious, but the point is, it's a well-calculated type of track. I do also want to mention the other thing about the song that I love so much. So something I love about male K-pop groups in particular. Um, <laughs> so in the West, we have a lot of, you know, crying out for you R&B pop songs from male artists, dancing in the rain type of tracks. They're not meant to be sexy, but they're here to make you feel sorry for the man that is singing. But in male K-pop groups, I've noticed the theme of sexy songs that are incredibly sad. <laughs> when you read the translations, it's like, I'm sorry you're depressed, hip roll. I can make it better, hip roll. Go to therapy or something. <laughs> Grinding on the floor. Like, I love it so much. I can't even explain why. All the big, all the big male K-pop groups are guilty of it. And honestly, I hope they never stop. It is legit one of my favorite Things about male K-pop is so funny, but I love it so much. Now, onto my favorite track from New Easy, Secret Secret. I think Secret Secret was also a fan favorite. Unlike the previous sass song <laughs> that has sexy undertones, this is a tried and true ballad. I love a ballad for Stray Kids. Even more than that, I love a stripped back acoustic guitar based ballad for Stray Kids. Secret Secret was written by Han, and since this is a re-record and we've seen more of Han's pen on tracks since this album, I want to commend him. It's a strong pen. Han is able to convey emotions in such a familiar and heart-wrenching way at such a young age. We all know I have a favorite K-pop writer <laughs> who is similar in this regard as far as his pen and what he's been doing since his late teens as well and i won't say his name because this is about stray kids but i think han reminds me of that in a way and i'm very curious where he will be you know six seven years down the line from now conveying this idea of letting the tears you cry about the secret you're harboring wash away in the rain and even having a line like feel left alone in the world will i get better by deceiving my own heart that's such a giant emotion to take on for someone who was probably 19 or 20 when they wrote it so kudos to honey um and i know that he gets better after this album and i'm just i can't help but express that i'm excited to see what he does in the future now, I want to mention a few elements of the song that I, I really love. The song itself is pretty straightforward as far as the ballad goes. Everyone is singing different parts. You know, we hear singing from some that we don't usually hear that often in this vocal capacity. But I love Felix on both pre-choruses. In the first pre-chorus, Felix is the main vocal, but Lino is backing. On the second pre-chorus, Chan is the main vocal but Felix is the backing. The contrasts are, of course, such a Stray Kids staple, but it's a great way to showcase how they do it in similar ways, utilizing Felix's voice for the same part, you know, to convey something different. To soften Felix's voice, they're using Lino. To add more dimension and force to Chan's voice, they use Felix. It sounds so simple, but the difference sonically is very notable when you, I guess, notice it. Um, 
I also cannot praise Sigmund, Ian, and Chan enough in this song and Han, of course, but the vocal line really lays a great foundation to the song. Han is just as great of a vocalist as he is a rapper, and it's a bit worrisome for someone to have so much talent so young, but I champion that for him. But my favorite part of the entire song is the never evers at the end that Chan sings. They're so pretty. I love Chan's soft vocals. He has such a steady and beautiful male pop voice. It is as clean as a male pop vocal can be, to be honest. And now we're going to talk about the unit tracks, except I'm only going to talk about one. <laughs> I love all three unit tracks, but one of them is a bit more pivotal for this group than the others. And that was Red Lights with Chan and Hyunjin. Uh, I believe in Korean, it would be called Gumbak. Gumbak. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing it wrong. I feel like I, when I speak Korean, I say it's so weird. Gumbak. Um... Anyways, again, knowing what I know now and what I said last year in the original recording of this, I knew this song was going to be the one that matured this group, and it did. When they toured this past summer, it became a group performance rather than a duet between Chan and Hyunjin. It's a big fan favorite because it is very sexy and was probably the most sexy this group had gone on their own, you know, track for the first time on an album. Like... I don't think an album had a sexy track like this at all for them. I know they've done like covers of some, you know, a couple of sexy K-pop songs, but nothing like their own. However, we could mention Drive by Chan and Lino, um, but I would argue that that was Chan <laughs> testing the waters a reception of sexy songs from this group before the album actually released because it came out um, a couple months prior during uh, the summer of 2021. Now, I'm not here to talk about interpretations of the song. They gave a pretty light answer last year when discussing the album that the song deals with ego and compulsion of said ego and self, and that's totally fine. I will leave it at that because I think a lot of K-pop songs can be vague enough to allow openness of interpretation, and also so they, as idols, can give very clean answers as to what they're talking about, and I'm not here to dispute any of that. It's just... Something I've personally noticed on my K-pop journey, it'd be a bit naive of me to believe that every idol over the age of like 22, 23 or so is, you know, singing these sexy songs that sometimes have a very driven message in the lyricism and then settle on an interview clip where it's like, yeah, it's about, you know, the self or it's about a TV show or a movie I watch. And it's like, that's fine. That's fine if that, you know, states you but I'm grown <laughs> and I can feel how I want and I also was in my early 20s mid 20s before saying stuff like that in various ways in various forms trying to deflect and being very vague and I imagine it's even more heightened when you're an idol and everything has to be a bit more clean cut and proper especially if you haven't fully tested the sexy waters just yet a lot of people pointed out how the song had this Fifty Shades of Grey sound to it. I think the strings and the darkness of the song reminds people of the song Earned It by The Weeknd or any of the songs from that soundtrack because even Beyonce remade Crazy in Love in this like orchestral style that is dark and haunting and it sounds sexier and more mature than the original for that original soundtrack and I think we associate that type of sound, haunting dark orchestra sounds with themes of sex and maturity and I think that was, in essence, 
the point that Chant and Hyunjin were trying to convey in the song was that they're growing and they're older now. They're not going to be making, you know, get cool type songs forever. And similar to what Chanbin said, it's to show how diverse they can be with their music. And when we see the performances of it live and the elements that they use when performing it live, all eight of them, the message is incredibly clear. So yeah, we can interpret it as the vague idol way and the other way. Both can be true at the same time. Chan and Hyunjin do such a crazy good job on the song, the swells and the builds, and Hyunjin gives us his falsetto at one point, Chan using his lower register to sing. He also is using a lot of English, which I tend to enjoy Chan singing in English because you can hear his Australian accent a bit. Overall, it's not that much to say about the song except message received. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, sure. Um, and that is where we find ourselves at the end of this review. I think No Easy was a very transformative album for this group. It ushered them into a slightly more mature sound on the next album that came out after it. If I'm not mistaken, in my original recording, I even said I think it was to prove a point that they could do the things that people said they couldn't do. People suggesting they can only make these loud and abrasive songs, but in this album, they slowed it down and went mid-tempo and went sexy and ballads and youthful. It's a mixed bag album that is still incredibly cohesively Stray Kids. It's a good album. A great album even. So I hope you enjoyed this. I appreciate the understanding of why my original episode had to be taken down. Two hours of bad audio was absurd <laughs> and I hope this is a decent replacement. I did go through and re-listen to the album and rewrite my thoughts as some changed like minorly but overall my initial feelings about the album are the same. I still love Stray Kids. I'm so proud of them. I'm so proud of this album. Anyways, as usual, if no one has told you today, I love you, I care about you, and you know where to find me at Blair W. Cohen on Twitter. And until next time, bye!